The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C dot com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, Elder John Morgan Owens began preaching to us about the accursed thing. He took us back to Joshua chapter 6 and 7, where we saw that a man named Achan partook of the accursed thing, that is, He took of the spoils that God had forbidden them from taking, and it affected everyone in Israel. Ultimately, it led to the doom of his own family. Today, we continue looking at this thought about how the sin in our lives can affect those around us. We conclude this sermon with an admonition to root out the accursed thing, that is, the sin that is rampant in our lives, so that we might serve God better and that we might help those around us serve God better. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
So when you choose to be a disciple of Christ, some people feel like you're choosing to be miserable and that you have to be miserable. No. God has given us little joys in life and things that we can enjoy. You don't have to be miserable. So what did they do? <clears throat> they set up this, this plan. The Lord is blessing them. Joshua says they, they, they go up to Ai and they get this plan together. So what they're going to do, they're going to send 30,000 men. Remember the first time they sent two or 3,000. Now they're going to send 30,000 men by night in secret around the city to the north. Okay, They're going to the other side of the city. They're going to stop there and they're going to basically be in hiding and ambush. Then what's going to happen is that Joshua and a much smaller company, but still you know, big enough to be believable, is going to go out there in the open plain before the city and, and just, just challenging them to come face them. Okay, And then as soon as they come out of the city of Ai, what's going to happen is Joshua, under his command, all of his people are going to take off running away. Because that's what happened the first time, right? And so what's going to happen is that the people of Ai are going to say, here's our chance. We can wipe them off the face of the earth. You know, they took Jericho. They're not going to take this. And so when they see them running, they're all going to chase them. And that's exactly what happens. As they go out there to battle, Joshua and his smaller group of people, they come up there and they, they get out in front and then as soon as the people come out, Joshua and his company, they take off running and the whole, they said every man in the city dropped what he was doing. They went after the chase. They left the city and they left it unguarded. And so they're taking off. Joshua left a secondary ambush, another group of people to ambush. And so the, the men of Ai are falling into this trap. Now you see the Lord's blessing. I mean, it's, it is perfectly executed. Because what happens is, as soon as they take off, as soon as the men of the city are gone, what happens? The 30,000 men of Israel on the other side of the city come in, they take the city, they burn the city. And so the men of Ai then, as they're running, they look behind them and they see the smoke, they see their city is on fire. Can you imagine your heart dropping? As, as you see, the city that you were guarding is on fire. And then what happens is, because there were 30,000 men burning the city, they did it so quickly, the 30,000 Israelites then leave the city, and they come chasing after the men of Ai that are chasing uh, Joshua's men. And so then Joshua, as soon as that happens, gives a command, and his company that's been running away, they turn. And then it's, it's the men of Ai between two companies of Israelites and they just utterly demolish the enemies. And they said there was not anyone left. There was no man left alive of Ai. Now you want to see the difference between when God is, is with you and when God is not with you, right? They went up there with two or 3,000 men and if God was with them, one man could do it, Right? But they went up there and they were defeated. They ran like dogs with their tails between their legs. Yet they come back this time in obedience and God utterly demolishes their enemy. So there are consequences for you being disobedient. But also, look, there are consequences to you and blessings to you when you step out and you say, the Lord, 
Lord, I am going to follow you and be obedient to you whatever you ask me to do. He will bless you. So let's, let's turn over to the book of Haggai really quickly. I want to tie this up together and then uh, we'll be done. Uh, I believe Brother Tim mentioned this uh, last Sunday night in his sermon. Uh, but Haggai was in a time of the rebuilding of the temple when they were, when they were coming back from the captivity, rebuilding the temple. There was a time where they were building the temple, and then because of some uh, legal interference, because of some law, they paused. But that stay, that stay of their, of their building had been lifted a long time ago. They could go back to building, but nobody went back to building the temple. And so the Lord came to Haggai and said to, to say this in verse 4 of Haggai, it says, is it time for you, O ye, uh, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You know, that's very, very uh, convicting to me, okay? This is not a sermon that I sat there and I thought, what problems do people have here at the church, okay? This was a sermon uh, that is probably mainly for me, okay? But I think about things that I'm trying to do, things that I'm trying to accomplish, you ever been there where you're trying to do something and it's just like you're running on a conveyor belt? It's just like you're running in sand. No matter how hard you try, you don't seem to get anywhere. That's exactly what the Lord is saying is happening to the people of Israel because they're being disobedient. He said, you've sown much. When, when planting time comes, you sure do plant a lot, but you don't reap very much, do you? You sure do eat a lot, but you're not hungry. I mean, you're not filled. That's, that reminds me of Brother Cal, right? Sometimes we, we, things are just seem to be just vain, empty. You can, you can try as hard as you can, but you're never satisfied. It says, you clothe you, but there is none warm. Now, I've certainly experienced this where uh, on... These flash winters that we, like we've had this past week when it's just suddenly cold, out of the blue, very cold, and it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to, to matter how much I seem to put on, you can still have that chill, right? Well, what about your life? What about the, the labors that you're trying to do? Whether it's at your career, whether it's, whether it's in some type of social uh, ladder that you're trying to climb, uh, Maybe it's with, with health, whatever it is. The harder you try and the harder or the greater you make that idol to be in your life, the less it seems to fulfill you. Why is that? <laughs> Why? You ever notice the people who make money be their ultimate goal in life? I think about, I think about the successful tycoons and uh, and maybe the, the pro players and things like that that make money be their ultimate goal. 
You know what happens when you get the money? You just want a little bit more. It just seems like you never can get it. You never can get what you want. I saw an interview one time with Tom Brady, you know, arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. And, and the interviewer was asking him about all of his Super Bowl rings and, you know, says, does that make you happy? You know, and really all he could focus on was not really, but I think the next one might, you know. He was just thinking about getting another one. And that's us. That is how we are in our nature, okay? Whatever you make to be your idol will be the thing that disappoints you the most. I've noticed that with myself so much. When I, when I go about, and maybe it's a hobby or something like that, if I really don't care how I'm doing, I'm just doing it for the fun of it, it's great. But as soon as I begin to, to start getting competitive and try to make myself better and all that, that's when I begin... <laughs> That's when I began to not ever enjoy it. You know, I think about that with like bowling or something. If I go to the bowling alley and I bowl and I don't care what kind of score I get, it's going to be a fun time. But if I go there and I say, I've got to score over this number, you know what's going to happen? I have no fun. <laughs> I have zero fun. Either I fail or either I was struggling the whole time to make it work. Now, that's a simple example, but that applies in our, in our day-to-day life. If you're living for money, if you're living for something, you're never going to get it. But if you're living for God and serving Him in whatever way you can, you're going to be happy with whatever comes. You're going to be just fine. And the Lord, in fact, He promised that. Let's go to Matthew uh, chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Jesus says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's exactly the concept that we were speaking about earlier. Wherever your treasure is, whatever that thing is that you value the most, that's where your heart's going to be. Do I want my heart to be where my bank account is? Do I want my heart to be where my sports team is? I mean, listen, we, we all know that here. I mean, if, if you are making some sports team be your hope, the Lord help you, right? Because... They can win, they can lose, all kind of things happen. They can get a holding call, they can get a pass interference call, and it's all over. That's a pretty shaky thing to put my hope in. He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I want my heart to not be in my bank account, to not be on the football field or, or the golf course or whatever it is. I want my heart to be in heaven where my God is. That's where I want my heart to be, my treasure to be. Now, that's something that's going to take work every day to make sure that you are trimming off the fat, that you're, that you're weeding the garden, whatever you want to say. It's going to take some work to get rid of the sin in your life, to continue to stone it, to burn it, to bury it, whatever it takes. And then he says here in verse 33, he... he, he uh, the Sermon on the Mount is so helpful in so many practical ways. And then he sort of concludes this section of it by saying this, 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Amen. (laughs) Today is enough problem for me to worry about. I don't have to take on tomorrow's problems and the next days and the next days. That doesn't mean we don't plan ahead. But if I spend my whole life worrying about the thing that's coming up tomorrow or dreading the thing that's coming up tomorrow, you know what's happening is that I'm ruining the only day that I have, which is today. If you're thinking about some uh, uh, test that's coming up, maybe it's a, a, a test with the hospital or operation or something like that, and you're worrying about that, maybe, maybe they've found something, a spot or something, and you're going to go in for another scans, and you're just sitting there worrying about it constantly and thinking about that day when you go in for the scans. You know what's happening is that you're ruining today. That's hard to do. That takes work. But, but God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things, all of the cares of life, all of the, the provisions that you need, all the money that you need, all of those things, the Lord will provide for you. That doesn't mean that you don't go work. It just means this, when I'm working, when I'm at work, Making money is not my end-all, be-all. God is my end-all, be-all. And what does that do? That means those customers, those clients, whoever that don't pay, you know, that could really get under your skin if money was your only goal. But if you're just living to serve God, you can take it or leave it, right? God will work out the rest. God will work out the details. God will provide for you. And just like in Haggai, we read there just a minute ago, where, where the people were living in their sealed houses, they had, they had stopped working on God's temple and they had worked on their own houses, they had poured into their own lives. And God said, because of that, you're not satisfied with anything that you do. Now we've got a lot of time, we really do. We don't have to spend near the amount of time that people... Uh, used to and and acquiring food and acquiring meals and things like that. We've got a lot of extra time. We 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 all think that we have no time left, right? We all that's that's a common complaint that I make that we all make is that I just don't have any time. We have so much time, we're just not willing to give it up. That's the problem. We've got time in our lives that we need to be willing to do like like. Israel did to Achan. And we need to burn it. We need to to stone it. We need to give it to God. You imagine what your life would be like if you pressed into being obedient to God every day. The Lord would bless. Now, like I said, that's not, I, I don't think of any single person in this church when I'm preaching about this other than myself, okay? But this is something that we all need. Uh, I know that we all deal with this. We all struggle with this. Last thing, Matthew 18. Matthew 18 and verse 7. I told you we would come to this. Uh, verse, uh, Verse 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him 
that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to the man by whom the offenses cometh. You know, we live in a world, speaking of offenses, we live in a world where, where you can be offended by anything. Okay? And that's one of our problems, is that every single thing offends somebody. And that it, 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 what is when you're offended in that sense? This is not the same sense, okay? But when you're offended in that sense, what's happening is that your pride is being wounded, okay? You know, if we were to realize who we actually are, then things ought not to offend us so much. I believe that's one of the, the major cultural issues that we have is that everything can trigger somebody, that everything can be offensive. But here we're talking about a little different kind of offense, okay? We're talking about sins. We're talking about offenses against God. It says, Woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. There are still, just because we're in the New Testament time period, doesn't mean that there still aren't consequences for sins and for disobedience. There still is. And then he says, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Now, he is not talking about whether you're going to heaven or hell. Okay, This hellfire that he's talking about is a fire that we can experience in this life. You can experience the troubles of not being with God. You can experience Satan's affliction. You can experience all kinds of things that, that could be considered fire. Also note, notice this. The reason we know that he's not talking about going to heaven or hell is because you're not going to be going into heaven with just one hand. Okay, <laughs> You realize that, right? He says it would be better to enter into life with one hand than to, than, or to be maimed than to enter into death. When you get to heaven, your, your body is going to be perfected. You're not going to have the, the physical limitations that you had in this life. Okay, So this is not talking about heaven or hell. This is talking about obedience, disobedience, life here, or experiencing death here. Doesn't mean that you're just going to die, but, but let me tell you, living away from God in disobedience is living death every day. And so it's better for you. It's better for you to take that thing and to just cut it off from you, just like they did to Achan. Now, what, what does that mean in practice? Okay. If you've got... If you're struggling like I am with Bible study time, with prayer time, and, and being obedient to God and giving those things to Him, you know what happens to me most of the time? Is that that time that, I've, that I call myself trying to give to God gets taken up by other things. 
Maybe it's my phone. Maybe, um, maybe it's I, I wait to do my Bible study at lunch or something, and that just never works, okay? <laughs> Whatever it is, you have got to do drastic measures to fix the issue. If that means take your phone and leave it somewhere else, get away from it, separate yourself from the problem. If you've got a problem with what you're seeing on your phones, here's, here's one, one way you can deal with the issue. You know, when they dealt with Achan, they didn't just uh, say, all right, let's just give the money back. No, what they said was we got to get rid of it. You know, you don't have to have one of these smartphones. I, I've, seen, I've seen a few uh, brothers in my time, uh, uh, met a few even of, of other orders. I'm not talking about any people we know. But I, I know of some brothers who struggled with things that they see on their phones, okay? And, and, and we're talking about in college and things like that, and they're living in this modern world where everybody's got a smartphone, and this brother, he was walking around with a flip phone. With an old school flip phone, he could still call, he could still text, but he removed that possibility away from him. Now that is what obedience looks like, and I applaud him for that. Now, there may be other things in your life. Maybe it's a hobby that's taking up your time. Whatever it is, God is the most important thing. We can sacrifice other things. We can burn other things. We can give it up. If something that you're doing is routinely taking you away from God, is routinely taking you away from the focus of God, maybe it's changing your mindset. Maybe you're just constantly frustrated when you're watching the news. <laughs> maybe it's stirring up within you a, a spirit that is not godly. Okay? I've, I've been there. <laughs> it doesn't matter what news you're watching. You, you get frustrated. And you get, and you get more and more inundated and rooted into the world, you know what's the best thing to do is just remove it. <laughs> to take that away. Don't watch it anymore. Get your news from some other source that is, uh, you know, a little less filtered through, okay? I'm, try I'm trying to think of some uh, examples that affect most of all of us. But you know what you're facing, okay? You know, I... I have, I've done this so many times when, when a preacher is preaching about something that applies to me. And you sit there and you, you know the thing in the back of your mind that you're struggling with, okay? But you try so hard to, to think about every single thing around that it might be other than that one thing because that thing is precious to you and you don't want to give it up. But I promise you, I promise you, if you're honest with yourself and you face that thing on, and you say, this thing is hindering my fellowship with God. If you give it up, I promise you, under the authority of the Word of God, that He will bless you for that. Just like He blessed Israel. When they got rid of that thing that bothered them, that caused them trouble, not only was the Lord's wrath satisfied. Now, the wrath of God is satisfied against you forever in the blood of Christ. But also the consequences are still here in many, in many senses. But not only will his wrath be satisfied in that sense, but also his blessings come down just like he did with Ai 
with, with them and taking Ai. He gave them the blessing. They took the city. And not only that, he blessed them to take in the riches. See, God provides for us. So I would challenge you, examine yourself. Try to find that member within you, not, not, not other members of the church, okay? This is a self-examination, okay? Examine within your own heart what is the trouble. Especially if you're experiencing some of those things that, that, that Haggai was mentioning. If you're experiencing vanity and feeling as if things are vain in life, that is, that is, that is the evidence, <laughs> that the Lord is not blessing you because of something in your life. But examine yourself. Find it. Destroy it. Okay, that's your mission. Okay, find and destroy that sin within you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.